0: Welcome, everybody, to Moscow Mules and Knopslides. Uh We're on episode 25. We're a, a quarter of a century old. Um, I'm impressed with how far we're going so far. But uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, I'm Kyle, one of your hosts.
1: I'm David, and nice job counting Kyle to 25. I
0: did. Actually, I it, was, uh, it was our uh, guest of the week, uh, Dylan, who did his homework uh, and knew what podcast he would be when I didn't even know. <laughs> but uh, hey, Dylan, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing tonight? great it's great to have you on uh I, yeah, thank I, you for having me i know uh once you know as everybody learns along the way we don't know everybody along the way uh uh and we get introduced to the podcast or through our different channels and as soon as i saw dylan's face i was like oh yeah i, I know who dylan is i've seen him in the, B, the the b-sides worlds of pittsburgh or around pittsburgh infosec community so it's good to put a real face with a real name now yep
1: this is my real name this is your real name. So, you, Do you, do you typically names. go by your not real name?
2: Uh, no, I wouldn't say I have any official handles. Uh, I go by, so every time I go to DEF CON, I always, do, I always make up a name and an identity for the weekend. A new one? And my favorite was um, Max Power Cyber Warrior. So
1: that's <laughs> what I got on my Twitter right now. That's, that's a good one. Max Power. So We're to have to find Max Power.
2: I got it off the of microwave.
1: Is it number eleven? Are you Met. all the way up to eleven? Well, you're
0: yes. just not eleven on a microwave, right? So he's only can go up to
1: nine. Yeah. I bet Max Power's microwave goes to eleven. <laughs> it probably does. At least, it probably does.
0: So if you're listening for the first time, what Moscow Mules and Slides is, is we really just you know uh, have a few drinks, talk about drinks uh, with cybersecurity or technical professionals in the field, um, talk about them, what their interests are, what they're doing, what they're working on. And then, uh, yeah, it leads us along the way, and then hopefully everybody listens to the podcast. I've only had one person come back and uh, send me an Easter egg, and we're just going to do a little trade. But, uh, yeah, we we'll drop a little Easter eggs every now and then. So hopefully you'll listen all the way through, figure out what the Easter egg is, and then uh, you'll know what to do once you hear about it. And hopefully within an hour time frame, I'll remember to say something about the Easter egg. <laughs> Even if you don't, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... There's, there's others out there, so you just got to listen to them. They're but there. Uh, as the special guest of the week, Dylan, what are you wetting your whistle with this fine, fine evening?
2: So I thought I would just be boring and uh, choose my favorite beer. Um, I got myself a uh, Two-Hearted, um, King of Beers in my opinion. Good taste. Brewed in a beautiful Michigan.
1: The Bells, is that
2: the Bell's Two-Hearted? Mm-hmm. The Bell's Two-Hearted, Yes.
1: Have you, ever, have you ever visited the brewery?
2: I have not visited the brewery. It's something I like to do once we can go places.
1: I've, yeah, I've heard that one's like one of the top tours um, or the, at least top sites to go visit. And it's definitely on my list too. I don't know if I'm ever going to just you know end up in Kalamazoo, Michigan though.
2: Kalamazoo. We'll have to organize a trip for the... Oh, uh, oh yes.
0: Can I, be, can I be honest? I don't know if I like the Bell Sea Now, I maybe need to try it again now that I've acquired more of a... Like, Palette across all the beer lands but when i had it like a year ago i wasn't everybody was hyping it people still hype it i mean you're drinking it and not not that not shit on bells well i'm having me on your podcast today and i wish you all the best
2: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: there now hold on a second (laughs) i'll come to these events it's a good ipa man very few principles yeah
0: so is it no i don't remember what it tastes like is it more malty is it more hoppy is it
2: yeah, I'd say it's definitely uh, hoppy. Um, oh, there he goes. I think I think it's supposed to be a citra. I don't actually know hop names. Don't worry, Adi. Neither do I.
1: It's a good guess, though.
2: I'm um, not
1: sure what that's in, what's in there either.
2: It ranges from pine to grapefruit and perfectly balanced with the malt backbone. Yeah, I'd, I'd about to say that.
1: He's, a, he's right, you know. i not say it better myself.
2: <laughs> I don't think I have great words to describe beer. I just know if I like a beer or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I think that's super fair. I actually mm-hmm. looked into like taking the like the beer classes to like you know try to get a better handle on what exactly is happening in my mouth at that point in, <laughs> in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, thirty six going on six over here, and uh, you know I just. Um, I, I, I don't know if I want to invest that much time in, in drinking beer to figure out what the flavors are, but because I know what I like. Just like you said, you, you know you know it tastes good to you, but you can't really describe it in the right way. Yeah. I think that's that's
2: proper enough for the, for right now in my life. Well Yeah, that's about it. It's like I found a beer that I really like and over in Michigan I can get it at practically any gas station I go into. So mm-hmm.
1: So are you from Michigan? Are you, are you like a Michigander?
2: I am a Michigander. Thank you. Uh huh. Um, I, I know the something. I uh, came from Michigan. Uh, came out here for school and uh, stuck around since. Nice.
1: So when you say well, here, you mean P- Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh, My, yes. Okay. Uh, the follow-up question I have to that is, have you ever had the double- the, i think it's the double two-hearted or the double double-hearted
2: i have uh i thought it was a little too strong for me
1: it's it's ballsy yeah that's for sure yeah the only place that we had it surprisingly was in pittsburgh at a giant eagle <laughs> they had a they had a tap uh, one one day where they were selling just like eight ounce pores for probably about as much as a four pack of of you know two-hearted and it was it was decent you know it's, it's it checks the list on untapped but it, it wasn't you know it wasn't mind blowing, but you know, got to try them all. Like Pokemon,
0: picture you as this giant eagle, like a kid in like a a Seven Eleven
1: underneath a Slurpee machine, just holding the, the dog off. And the Homer Simpson, or no, is it Mo? when when uh, not Mo? Barney, when Moe walks out of the bar at the Simpsons, he yeah, just puts his head under the tap. <laughs> yeah, that's what I yeah, Picture that's, you that's as that's what would happen.
2: I was thinking Speaking of, of s- the one, sorry, I was thinking of the one where um, Quickie Mart has the new um squishy or whatever the is green bar and or something? little house spend homer's twenty dollars on squishies and get so sugar buzz they end up joining the boy scouts <laughs> <laughs> i do recall that one
1: that. i have not watched that in a long
2: time
0: speaking of drinking out of something are you you're gonna have a fancy little mug there
2: oh yes, ooh, um, the technical term for this is a pewter tanker um they were invented for weapons and bar fights i believe and then they realized that they could drink beer out of them um, but this is a um besides pittsburgh 2019 tanker that uh it was a speaker gift and then an uh, organizer gift for last that's year. cool i love that that's pretty okay. legit
1: is that is that a a, pro, a a real backstory because i'm i'm pretty gullible and i definitely believe that and would like to believe that that's the true story of the pewter tanker
2: if you if you feel it in your hand, it's got a weight to it. Where I can't <laughs> help but think, like, uh, yeah, what well, you're saying—that
0: that was the original brass knuckles.
2: There you go. Yes. Nowadays, you got like glass bottles, and I guess maybe you could poke them a little bit. But this, this his heads. How yeah, much does that weigh?
0: Good.
1: Is that I like, have some weight to it?
2: I'd say maybe uh, two or three pounds. Yeah. It's it's.
1: Damn. It's bigger than his fist. If I mean, like, no one can no one can really see this, right? Because we're, not, we're we're not sure going to publish he's this. Like, it's like it's, it's bigger than his fist. He's busting out his little. uh we'll
0: and it's thick his, on the bottom. Scale.
1: It looks like it's got some like rim, like thick yep. rim on the bottom.
2: Yeah, uh, it is uh, one pound eleven ounces. So I'd say probably one and a half pounds. This is perfectly flat.
1: Yeah, that part. That's the part I'd be worried about taking that upside of my
0: head yeah nice little split nice your uh split your head right open
2: i i was uh listening to some, some of your podcasts and you kept talking about all your fancy glassware oh man i was like well come on how am i gonna compete with
1: that pull something out yeah no that's a good one i, I haven't a, seen that one yet 25 one. in i think right, i think so. i think out of all the 25
0: i think like you might be like three that's brought their own glass to the party maybe
1: maybe four
2: well so. not technically glass but awesome <laughs> All right now I want to see these uh, fancy glasses
1: that are Proper like $40. Cup. $40. Oh, man, they're worse. They're It's worse. <laughs> don't yeah, you want
0: don't want to know the investment on some of these. Yeah. I mean, I think I've only bought a few aftermarket. How, why, don't you go, why don't you go first today? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. always first. All, right. All right, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, so, yeah, uh, well, I'll start out with the beer. Um, and this is, this is complete troll mode. And it was actually my last one, so that's why it makes great sense. But, uh, can I get you a pumpkin beer? <laughs> fuck, you. I hate, I hate fuck you you know what I, hold on. no 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 you go first. <laughs> yeah yeah but what makes it better though it's barrel aged right so that's why i actually bought it and it's actually not too bad i was hoping for a bigger uh, uh abb um it's only seven only 7.9 but like some of them you can get up there in like the 11s right 12 range but uh this is actually from east end a uh, brewery right over there in a uh, sort of East Liberty area, right? Kind of off uh, Frankstown road. It's like kind of like tucked in this little pocket. You'll drive right by it. If you don't know where you're going, the street you park literally half on the sidewalk, half in the, sh- in the uh, street because there's not much parking at all, but they have a cool outdoor space was there a few weeks ago. So i friend Josh who will have on the podcast as well, but uh, yeah. And you know, drinking this out of in, in tradition of halloween i i had definitely have a subset of halloween glasses i've been collecting but this one was um i've liked the movie but obviously dina has like is a really likes the movie and then i've got i've seen since i've seen it probably like since we've been together i've probably seen it like two dozen times i appreciate the movie a lot uh but uh nightmare before christmas I have a uh glass mouth nightmare before christmas class but what's a cool thing about this? It glows in the dark. Not that I'm ever gonna be drinking in the dark with this glass, but <laughs> it definitely glows in the dark. But uh, and I time. like it because it's a I don't know what do you call this, David? Uh, it's a stemmed glass, but it's kind of like a what sixteen ounce stemmed glass.
1: I, I can't see is
2: that is snifter.
1: Oh yeah, it's uh, kind, it's sniftery. It's, it's like um. Oh geez. Like, yeah. Uh, like a
0: like a like a Konak glass, but not. I don't know. It looks like a.
1: It's basically just like, a, it looks like a Belgian glass, kind of. Just like yeah. fat on the bottom and, and like tapers to the top. Yeah. I can't think of uh, the proper name of it right now. I thought you were going to pull out the, um, what's what's the movie with the three witches? That's I couldn't get that glass. That's
0: Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. sold out.
1: I remember seeing that when I was a kid, and I, I think that might be the only Halloween movie i ever watched. Uh
0: really?
1: Yeah, some would argue that yeah. Nightmare Before yeah. Christmas
0: isn't really a Halloween movie, yet a Christmas movie, right? Like, so it's hard to...
1: It's like Die Hard. Is that a Christmas movie? Oh, of
2: course it is. That, there's no debate there. Yeah. Is it
1: yes? Got yeah. two yeses. But this is uh this is more you know those that hate
0: pumpkin and beer like uh, David does. This one is definitely heavy on the spice, but I I got it because it's you know barrel aged and uh, I like the taste of bourbon, right? So it it gets that nice back end.
1: Is it bourbon barrel though? What does it say? It does. Matters. it just Um, says barrel it probably took a rain barrel no i I lied i lied it does say
0: bourbon barrel aged. i thought i was thinking does it say which type of bourbon no no
1: that's fine i mean they usually stop short of that it's just like whatever they can get their hands on but it's uh it's quality it looks
0: good i think i I I got a four pack and i drank all but this one
1: that's kind of the problem that i have with the pumpkin stuff and this is this is where i wanted to go real fast uh i went to the store for a, a i had to load up for a golf trip last week and as i'm going there, like as i'm ready to leave the house my wife goes hey if they have any pumpkin cider can you bring me some <laughs> it's like you got, you gotta be getting me it's like pumpkin cider that's two two fruits technically that you're mixing together i mean like kiwi pear you can do that but you can't pumpkin doesn't go in cider right does no, it, it doesn't i is don't that, think is it that does. a thing hmm. <laughs> i like myself some apple cider vinegar, or apple, cider vinegar apple cider vinegar, but, <laughs> apple, <laughs> but apple cider uh. So. So I, I, get to the, I get to the place and like there's two, two or three brands of pumpkin cider. And I bring home, a I think I brought home a six pack because she wanted to mix it in some stuff and make some fancy like, you know, fall drinks. She took one step out of that first pumpkin beer can and pumpkin cider can and was like, this is nasty. I'm like, what, what am I going to do with the rest of these five things now? Well, don't share them with my friends that love pumpkin cider all of them yeah just
2: give each of them one beer (laughs) i won't even be able to
1: give them one especially dale shout out to dale dale's listening yeah yeah i met up with dale Dale last week from the first podcast
0: to get dale uh a pumpkin beer
1: he's a an avid listener and he the first thing he said when he looked at me this past weekend was hey man can i get you a pumpkin beer i'm like god (laughs) damn it dale so shout out to dale hi dale hey dale Anyway, I guess I'll just go since I'm still talking. I'm just never going to stop. This was kind of an accident. uh, I'll do my glass first. I grabbed the Beer Zombies out in Las Vegas. I think we may have talked about them before. They're like the only true craft brewery out in Las Vegas, Beer Zombies. They partnered with uh, Black Ninja Design and The Answer to make this Umbrella Corporation glass. So it's like the, uh, the Umbrella Corp logo from Resident Evil and i just grabbed the glass i i don't know what did it for me today but i, I just that's I like you know what I'll, I'll pull a tumbler out uh it's in this nice little like eight to ten ounce thing and uh i thought to pair that i'd get this hitchhiker zombie cocktail beer it's called arm's length so we're gonna go a little little halloween is that is that a new one i think it's a uh, new one right or no, recently was, they they re-released it yeah um it goes really well with spicy foods i remember that i don't know how i like it by itself but Is that one of those rascal 14-ounce tumblers? No, I think it's less than that. Really? might be less. But anyway, I'm going to give this a go. Had this in my fridge a while. Time to drink it. Yeah, but tons of
0: glasses. I've been getting a bunch. They've been showing up because I did a bunch of Uh pre-orders. And all of a sudden, they just like one day, literally like four showed up. So I just keep blaming them on Dina now. I'm like, Dina, all your glasses keep showing up, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they love that. You see those posts in the forums where like, hey, uh, I didn't beat my mailman home today. And my wife found my boxes. <laughs> and you see the text message like, hey, another one of your beer glasses is here. And guy's like, not my beer glass.
0: Right. Must have been a mistake. Must have been a mistake. But uh, yeah, I want to know how this tastes though, before we jump in.
1: Like I said, I'm not really sure what a zombie cocktail is, but it's pretty good. It's um... I want to say pineapple, little, not, little, a corpse little. corpse reviver. A corpse reviver. I've had a brain hemorrhage before.
2: Brain hemorrhage, yeah.
1: That that got me messed up in Niagara Falls once. I think I was nineteen. Um, so the Canadian side. Oh yeah, right. Just every uh, what was the place called? Like the Magic Mushroom or something, or the, the... South Detroit. <laughs> South <laughs> Detroit. That's not even. It's not even a place. Eight Mile. Uh, it's supposed to be rum and brandy is the main alcoholic ingredient in a zombie. Oh, I can I can get part of that. It tastes a little bit fruitier to me, but it's it's good. I like it. Okay. I saw Halloween I it pa- Pairs really well with the uh, with spicy food. So if you can get this in Pittsburgh, I would uh, advise you to pick up a four pack. And what
2: was that? The um, what zombie?
1: Our arm's length zombie cocktail. Okay. okay.
2: Yeah, I'm a big uh, spicy food fan.
1: Oh, it's it's great. One of, my, one of my favorite beers to have a, a spicy uh, dinner with, even though we don't awesome. do that a lot.
2: I'll check that out.
1: Does AA Ron not like spicy food? <laughs>
2: <Mm-mm>. <laughs> no,
1: imagine that. No. Angry imagine kids that. don't like spicy
2: <laughs> food. Oh, um, before we jump into it, you were talking about um, kombucha on the last episode.
0: Oh, okay, god, that's
1: right. Yes,
0: I was. So, Sorry. so we'll re- rewind. I'll, let me put a little context <laughs> to that. And I didn't tell David cause he would have uh, trolled me hardcore, but I was trying to do sober October. Oh, okay. So okay. that was the reason why I was doing it. But uh, after nine <laughs> days in, I realized that I had lost zero pounds and I was, I was working out double the time. So I was like, well, obviously it's not alcohol. (laughs) You can get healthy.
1: Uh, Don't don't worry about me judging.
2: Look at that bruises.
0: Go ahead. So what about kombucha? Please school um, me on kombucha because I, that was my last can actually. So I don't have any more. I don't plan. I gotcha.
2: So I've been doing a lot of uh fermenting in this quarantine and I thought you might like to see this. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is called a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast.
0: Okay. It looks like jello or like it looks a Looks like looks like you're eating someone's brains for like you sliced up someone's brains.
2: Oh gosh. Yeah, it's not much more uh pretty in person. It's kind of gross actually. Does it smell? Not by itself, but we are supposed to keep it in vinegar um, until I can actually, and I've never made this before, but I need to get my hands on a gallon jar so that I can throw it in there with a bunch of tea and a bunch of sugar and either some other kombucha or some vinegar to get it started. And then I throw that on the top. And that's going to eat all the sugar and ferment it into like rotting apple sour things. <laughs> this is something you drink, or you
0: like cook with.
2: This is something you drink, that's a and that's how kombucha is made. Thought you might like to know that.
0: Mm. After- oh. I figured, I, yeah, I figured. Like, I saw, like, you know, everybody was doing the whole sourdough, and I saw some kombucha during this, you know, pandemic, and then, uh, and then that. Maybe as soon as you held that up, all I thought about was Hannibal Lecter being like, "I have to let you go, Clary." So I'm going to have an old friend for dinner.
2: Uh, yes. Most That's iconic
0: my- end of a movie ever. Where's kombucha? Uh,
2: right. Spoiler yeah. alert.
0: Spoiler alert. Hannibal, Spoiler alert
2: Hannibal Lecter invites people for dinner. <laughs> and
0: great. then eats them. Hey, 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 hey.
1: hey. Wasn't ready for that. Well, you don't watch scary movies. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: very, very
0: good movie. Said. Oh, we just watched Silence of the Lambs probably like oh. a few weeks ago. It's a
1: solid, solid, solid movie. Would you call that like a crime movie or a horror movie? Some call suspense. it a thriller.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd I, say it's also a horror movie. Um, it, yeah, I'm going to call it a horror movie. Um, for the scene where Hannibal Lecter is listening to classical music.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you know? Also, did you also know? Little uh, oh, spoiler too that the scene where she, I think the second time she visits Hannibal Lecter inside the cell and he like smells her perfume, that whole monologue that uh, Anthony Hopkins does was all off the top and not in the script that if you look at her facial expressions as they go back and forth with the camera, because they're filming at the same time, I think back then, okay. they don't film one side and flip the side. I think they were filming both ways. That her facial expression was complete shock and awe. And it was true shock and awe because she was like, because he obviously like he's, you know, describing her life and where she came from, how he thought by the way she smelled and the way she looked. And it was like her, it was just pretty, it was a, if, if I'm fact check, John, I'll probably go out there and fact check me. <laughs> John, I know you're going to be listening later on. So <laughs> that is, I that think is I'm pretty amazing. sure that's that scene that was uh, completely ad-libbed and uh,
1: by
2: is lib the right
1: word? Did he win anything
2: for that? I think it swept the Oscars. Oh, I think did. it did too. I think it got director, screenplay, actor, actress, movie. That's crazy.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. So, have you never watched it? No, did. It? Oh, you no, have to watch. I don't do. Uh, I don't watch movies. You know that.
2: I know. Oh, you got to watch. It's, it's it filmed in Pittsburgh.
1: I know. I actually knew the Soldiers guy and sailors. That ran the um, one of the the funeral homes out here in like the BFE Western Pennsylvania world, um, where they shot some of the yeah. shot something. The scene where you talk about the classical music was filmed at Soldiers and sailors down by uh, work
2: they had a screening of it um, back in 2014 inside right. soldiers and sailors would you oh, that's pretty cool yeah, would you
1: count exactly. that as like a it's like a Halloween movie then maybe is it Halloweeny it's fall oh, it's I'm set kidding. in the fall so you have that fall yeah. feel so
2: it's not like explicitly Halloween-y, but I'd say it's a it's a good movie for Halloween. Very scary.
1: Yeah. You have a, you have, anybody have a favorite Halloween movie? Because I don't. So I'm, I'm out for this conversation, but I'll toss it out there. Well,
0: I mean, right, Dylan, you go first. I got a couple that come to mind. but
2: uh, Well, I mean, just the original Halloween is a classic. Yes, agreed. Um, you know what? I'm not going to say a movie, but I'm going to say uh, Over the Garden Wall.
0: Why, what is yes. that? Not, not familiar.
2: Okay, well then you got to watch this. This is a <laughs> cartoon um, that was aimed at like ten year olds, but it's one of those ones that's still good if you're an adult. Um, about two kids that are stumbling through the woods. Um, they stumble into a land that's not their own, and they're trying to get back home. But there is a beast that is roaming the woods. That is, I'm just. The Beast is not a fun guy. The Beast is trying to eat your soul. Oh. Oh, um, well, that took a turn. Yes. What, uh, what, what age uh, group this is, is this for? <laughs> I, I, I 18 to 25. <laughs> yeah, right. There, there is an episode in there that like still, still freaks me out today. Um, I don't want to say which one it is because I don't want to give any spoilers, but it gets very dark. Oh, no. But... It's also, it's just one of those um, cartoons or movies or whatever that just transports you to this quaint, simple, like, storybook kind of world, but it's a very dark fairy tale. Oh, impressive. man. I'm looking,
1: at, I'm looking at some of the, the, the animation here on, on the, you know, the old search engine, and it looks like one of those, you know, kid-friendly things, right? A little wide-eyed, goofy-looking... Yeah, gnome, gnome friends with teapots on their heads.
2: Yep, those are two two guys. And that draws uh, you in
1: till like they cut you up. And yeah, you know, and then right. there's this like this Skeletor looking thing with like dark eyes and I don't know. You like might
2: eat. I I don't want to say anything. That might uh,
1: be the thing, huh? Yeah. Oh boy! So it's ten episodes from what I'm seeing. So give it a give it a Andrew. watch.
2: Oh Look, yeah, and and okay. you got to get to the end. Um, right it starts out as um individual episodes but then that it, it all ties it together by the finale and okay. the finale is it hits you hard nice i have to check this out oh, what is it again called uh, over the garden wall over
0: the garden wall over the garden i have to check that out for sure
2: i think episode. if i if dina hasn't seen it tell her you're
0: welcome <laughs> i'd be surprised if she has but i won't be surprised if she hasn't either too because she sees a lot of things uh i would have to like i can't pick one because i as i was thinking about here as you were talking like a few things that come to mind that like freak me out it's more of like a things that could really happen and i guess they're more like scary movies versus they're actually halloween movies but uh besides i i love the remake of, Ro- of halloween by rob zombie i think it's a. I think it's great the original Scream was a shit back in the day. That thing was awesome, which is also – I realized that was 1994 as we were, uh, we were looking for movies to watch last night. Scream came out in 1994. That's insane. Um, any of the Tim Burton like Halloween-type movies, you know, spooky-type movies are really good, the animated ones especially. He's just His mind is just incredible. Even all his movies are just that weird oddity side what was the fourth one i was gonna hit on corpse bride is underrated yeah i would say corpse bride is definitely underrated yeah damn i had a fourth one but i forget what it was but those are all oh beetlejuice you can't go wrong with beetlejuice
2: Beetlejuice.
0: (laughs) more of a weird movie but still another tim burton i guess i would have classified on tim burton so
1: i think my Uh, favorite halloween thing is probably uh Great yeah, Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That's probably about <laughs> as good as it's gonna get for me. <laughs> this is as scary as it's gonna get. You're for you. I mean, you're talking about anything that's scary being a you know a Halloween movie. That's like any movie where somebody dies or skis or goes into the woods just on a walk. Like that is literally any movie for me is considered a Halloween movie.
2: I <laughs> gotcha. Oh, I know are the my, other one oh, I was
1: gonna say.
0: Are my fears is, in here? Yeah, yeah. All your fears are in there. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Not the original. Not the original one. The remake that came what out. The Ring.
2: I don't think I ever saw the remake. Ooh. Right.
0: The ones that are more realistic that could really happen are the movies that really freak me out. Like really like, I'm like, well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre could really happen. Like, you know, Blair Witch Project yeah. could really be a thing. Like, I mean, obviously we would love, we talk about ghost adventures all the time, but like ghost adventures, like all that stuff, anything that could really potentially probably happen, you know, like I was watching like Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street last night, the original one, it was like, yeah, and like, eh. Nah. Yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, good movie. First time. Like I get it. It was 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, but like, if I had to rate it now, I would not
2: give it 94%. Yeah. Uh, If we're talking about just horror movies in the context of things that could actually happen, The Shining. Yeah, Um, of course. And the the Stanley (laughs) Kubrick movie where there aren't the same um, supernatural forces that you have in the Stephen King novel, but absolutely uh yeah
0: so this it's this cool. one gets this so so you say the shine this one gets at people because do you have you ever seen the remake done by stephen king because he was so pissed that it, it had the guy from the tv show wings back in the day playing yeah. Nicholson character and I stephen king was actually it. in it
2: i haven't seen it but i've uh, you
0: need to see it because i think it's it's near as good as the original one but People that love Stanley Kubrick and you know Jack Nicholson and the original Shine are definitely yeah. gonna shit on me for saying that. I mean, Dina does all the time because I haven't got her to watch the other one. But the other one's really good because it was like, because Stanley Kubrick didn't like Stephen King, so he like changed a lot of little things just because he knew yeah. it was like a little stab at Stephen King in the in the making the movie. Why did he agree to do the project then, if he was just if he
2: hated Stephen King so much?
0: I don't know, but like, and this is because Dina tells me this, this isn't Kyle knowledge coming in. This is like, re, you know, back check Kyle. Yeah. This is coming back from Dina telling me, but like in the book, you, you know, he talks about as like the car's rolling down, it's like a red beetle. And then, and Stanley Kubrick used a yellow beetle, like just little things that he knew. Cause Stephen King, I guess is very particular about what his movies are made. Like to be very close to the actual book itself. So the fact that Stanley Kubrick like went just a little bit off kilter, yeah. I think, is what bothered Stephen King. But all the Stephen King uh, listeners out there, all six of you,
2: um, and that's also um, you're, this is coming from Stanley Kubrick. Like the, whole, the guy's whole thing was perfectionism. So oh yeah, yeah. Anything that deviates, you know, is a hundred percent intentional.
1: Yep. Yep. And this is what happens on this podcast where we just start see, talking about random crap. See, we're we're, we're, we're,
0: from from we're nearly 40 minutes in and <laughs> we, we haven't talked can't. a minute about you, Dylan.
2: That's
0: a perfect transition that we can go back because you kind of highlighted a little bit. So you came from Michigan and you went to school here. So how did yeah. you get into what you're doing
2: in the InfoSec world these days? All right, so the short answer to that is actually... uh, Nope, the long
0: answer is just fine. All right, (laughs) fine.
2: Um, So I was always interested in security as a teenager. It was one of the, like, teenagers do dumb things on the internet. Um, But when I came to college, it was with a general engineering degree. And at the University of Pittsburgh, you're not required, you're not allowed to choose your field of engineering until your sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So I came in, um, having just watched Rick and Morty, which had just come out in my final semester of high school. And I was like, I want to do science. Um, yeah. <laughs> like you have this idea. But I was still interested in in computers and in hacking and there were a few things in the news that were looming really large in my mind um Stuxnet um I was absolutely fascinated when that broke um I thought it was just the most incredible thing uh and Snowden uh had happened while I was in high school and I was getting very concerned about um very concerned about privacy and about um free use of the internet without surveillance. And so I skipped class, I'll admit it, freshman year, to go see a symposium at Pitt with um, David Hickton, uh, who was, I believe, a U.S. attorney at the time, and uh, Dave Kennedy. And I'm sure you uh, both know Dave.
1: I think I saw some, either one of them, and I can't remember who it is, do a, a presentation. Was that at... Um... Oh man, Mal! What, 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 what? You're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to edit this out. Mal, what the what is it that, that we we put on the Malware Conference? Holy crap! I can't remember the name of it. Oh, the Malware Tech Exchange. Yeah, the Malware Tech. Exchange. Okay, hold on. not right that. out. That's so good. Yeah. Thing. I, That's a good I, thing. I, <laughs> so he he started talking about Rick and Morty, and then I got all just backwards. No, <laughs> so I think I think that I had seen or have seen. Is that the right conjugation? I don't know. One of them speak at the malware tech exchange in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon on uh, the indictments of the Chinese hackers. Okay, say, so um, is that the attorney general? Was I think about it was the him. indictments
2: of the Chinese. So that right. would have been Hickton then. Yeah, I think was it was Hickton. Uh... He was
1: big in cyber stuff,
0: Hickton. Yeah, that.
2: he's um, at Pitt now. Uh, it, yeah, I
0: heard that. I think I did know that
2: too. Pitt Cyber, uh, yeah. running a program uh, focused on, I believe, cyber law. i going to have to take drink every time I say cyber.
0: Yep. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> drink. Yeah. I hope one day people do make a podcast out of our drink or a drinking game of our podcast or podcast out of our drinking there
2: podcast. There you go, analyzing uh, Moscow mules,
0: where we never drink a Moscow mule.
2: <laughs> I think that has to be an unspoken rule now. Oh, it is. We it's already. know it's it's not spoken. <laughs> now okay, it's
0: spoken. Good.
2: See what you do. Um. So yeah. Dave Kennedy uh, of TrustedSec out in Ohio um, came in and did a presentation on penetration testing and social engineering where he showed how he was able to um, break into various computers doing various methods. But more importantly, um, he showed that like this could be a legitimate career for me and i remember very strongly that i was watching that and i had that sort of feeling that it's like i need to be doing this right now and so that was just the moment where i'm like that's it i'm going into security i don't know what i'm doing but i'm going to find a job in this field
1: yep i would i would kind of agree that i i think my uh interest kind of fell a, a similar line like I wanted to do something after nine eleven and I just didn't know what it was going to be i just you know wanted to help out somehow and end up uh you know in maryland and working for the government you know it just kind of happens yeah. like you just you just you know you just feel compelled but a turning like I, I, I can yeah i can kind of feel uh you know i uh, i don't know i i, I feel I, very similar to like what you're what you're saying i could connect to that
2: um i i think when you said compel that is the Word. It's just like, like I knew when I was watching him that if I went into another industry, I would want to be in security.
0: Mm-hmm. There's that. There's always that that changing moment, that moment where you're like, this is what I want to do, and like, I, sometimes you like you don't know it until like later on. And like retrospectively, like we've all looked back and like, I mean, I know my moment was in undergrad and my RA was building, like, supercomputers with Xboxes. Yes. He ended up, he ended up starting Adam Cicchetti. Uh, shout out to Adam, who's probably not going to listen to this podcast, but, but maybe we'll get him on. He started Deja Vu Security, was the one it wrote the Peach Fuzzer, and then I think his company was just bought by Accenture in the past year. So, there you, you go. You know what I mean? Not too shabby to be built, bought
2: out by <laughs> one of the biggest consulting companies in the world, right? Ooh. But I, I just can't imagine you just, like, you walk into a dorm room, and it's like, oh, what the – what is that?
0: Yeah. That looks awesome. I had some really cool RA's because we used to get drunk all the time as freshmen. <laughs> like just imagine that. Imagine that.
2: I yeah, skipped no one... class. You got drunk as a freshman. We're all confessing our sins. I just... I'm not. I didn't,
0: yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't
1: say I did. I said we all did. <laughs> ah. oh, oh, we did. <laughs> I wish. I wish you could ask all them. Hey, did you guys do that too? Like, no, just Kyle. That's right. That's
2: right.
0: So without going too deep. So what do you, what are you doing? Like touch on these days, um,
2: you know, what? Um, so I am a blue teamer, um, and I am, uh, I'm adjacent to the, uh, ICS space. But, um, most of what I do at my day job is, um, just data analysis with Python. It's a lot of um, taking something out of one system, and it's taking something out of two systems and using Python to compare it and then producing a CSV or an Excel with the results and going to different groups and being like, fix the thing. You gotta do, get, the thing.
1: do you get a, a bunch of your data out of like, like Splunk style sort of um, data mining things?
2: Ah, gotcha. I actually I spend a lot of my time looking at the configurations of systems rather than the behavior of systems.
0: So a little touch on, since we had Brent on in the last podcast, who's a red teamer, and like we had made him define red team versus pen tests, how do you define what blue team is?
2: I would personally define blue team i guess there's two definitions one is just the um internal security team at a company that is responsible for hardening systems monitoring and hunting for adversaries and responding to incidents but if i were to say like what i think a blue team ideally ought to be i would say Personally, I would say the blue team ought to be the people that are going off hunting for things while also coordinating with uh, other infrastructure and network teams to harden and do best practices. In my own personal experience, um, when you go to a SME and say, here's a security problem and here's how we can fix it, and this is going to be the, um, there is usually a repercussion, uh, some diminished functionality, because I feel like a lot of security problems just come from this very real need to have as much interoperability as possible. But um, you can work with um, the SME most times to make the best decision for the company. If you approach from the position of here's my knowledge leveraging your knowledge as the subject matter expert in this domain, what is the best decision for us to make?
1: I'm just over here thinking of, uh, of Dina and just being like, I, I bet Dina would have some really good ideas about like the cert space or like ICS uh, shenanigans going on with the blue team and oh, yeah. trying to, trying to marry up like, Hey, your stuff really sucks. And if you fix it, it's going to make things better, but like you could make a lot of people upset. So like, how do you, how do you figure out how to balance that from a blue team? But I guess that's not really your, uh, no, role, it sounds like.
2: Well, that, that's
0: still, let it. I was gonna say you, you still dabble on that. Like, well, this is actually a feature, not a vulnerability. This is how it's supposed to work. And you're like, uh, you still need to patch it. You still need to fix it because like, uh, the yeah. adversaries are taking advantage of it. Or it's been known that like, this is a advantage or someone's done a, pen tests on the, uh, the device and you know so it's like that do you i mean i, I what, do you, what do you think is the biggest skills that you know now that you wish you would have known before oh, so like you wish you would started earlier
2: on you know what i mean like
0: those ones you're like ah oh. yeah i shrugged that off i wish i would have done that
2: so i um went to school for a computer engineering degree and a computer engineering degree at Pitt is half of a computer science. It's a computer science minor and electrical engineering minor. See Dave nodding. Uh, so, is uh, that what you did? It's David? it's
1: like that at other schools in the state too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The state of Pennsylvania. The
2: state of Pennsylvania. Yes.
0: Um and <laughs> well, I think
2: all sports, they can hurt your knees. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, the uh, from the computer science perspective. There's a lot of theory, there's a lot of um, algorithms and data structures and parallel programming and whatnot. And that's all fantastic if you want to be a developer. Um, You wanna build complex systems out of code. If you want to be a cybersecurity person, I think the single best thing you can do is pick up a scripting language like Python, or Bash, or PowerShell, or even uh, JavaScript, and just get really good at manipulating data and shoving it into CSVs. Um, And that includes um, regular expressions, that includes web scraping, that includes um, even stuff like uh, pandas and anaconda if you want to do any data science. That also includes um, learning, at least in Python, tools like SQLite, so that you can build quick and easy databases when the situation requires. Just basically, in my own experience, you're writing code for yourself, so and you're not writing you're writing code to manipulate data, which is not what they teach you in a traditional computer science curriculum. I kind don't of think.
0: So, I'd agree. Yeah, I 100% agree. And what I like to call that, and this isn't my slogan, this is actually Ed, our boss boss, I think coined this phrase, and maybe he didn't coin this, it came from someone else, but all I know is it came from Ed, is that I write analyst code. I don't write, yes. I'm not a developer. I wrote code that works
1: 60% of the time, every time. And for right? it works for me, it's something that I can read. Yep. And, and I, I can, can explain do, to you how to do. It. Yep. Yes. If, I have to, if I have to take, Dave,
0: I know Python, I would say relatively well. If I had to take David's Python code and try to like understand it, I'd be really pissed because I'd be like, why the hell did he do it this way? I'd be telling you also that way. you
1: uh, didn't grab my code. My code is the C code and you need to compile it first. because <laughs> I'm not good at writing Python code.
0: Right. So like yeah. anytime I read anybody else's, Python, I'm like, why did they do it that way? Like we didn't have to do uh-huh. that way. And I remember when I were at my first open source project, when I spoke at Black Hat arsenal, the one guy was like, why don't you got, why don't you make another script? like for that, like a kind of like a class file for that. And I was like, I don't know. Cause it worked the way it did. <laughs> like, and it made sense. Like when I abstracted up from like a developer standpoint, you're like, oh yeah, if I do it this way, it's so easy. I don't have to like, you know, repeat myself or blah, 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 right. You know, developers are going to jump on me for this, but like, I'm not a developer. I know I'm not a developer. So oh, I wish yeah. I would have had better, you know, you know, if someone's going to quiz me on Python, I'm like, don't quiz me on Python. Cause I know you're just going to stack overflows too.
2: My job is knowing how to combine Stack Overflow together. And I'm not joking. I And I know that that's what developers are doing too. They are not, they are taking all of these resources that are out there and their skill is knowing how to find a solution to their problem and combine these solutions intelligently.
0: I mean, I agree, that's how it is like, uh, you know, Maybe when, I, maybe when I was interviewing for jobs and maybe when I was you know, going to go on to a second level of interviews someone was talking about, Oh yeah, next level they're going to talk to you about Python. And like, you know, we pay different for what we call engineers versus analysts and it's a big upgrade. You're like, yeah, but I know these, they're like, they're just, they're not using Python every day. They're just like manipulating their own code. And like, I reuse every, I use my same scripts and I'm always like, well, how did I do that again? I'll go look at my script and then I'll copy and paste the exact same code. I manipulate it for what I need to do yep. and then I do it like don't like the fact that there's companies out there paying more for engineers that like know how to do Python like this much quicker than this much quicker like that's bullshit and I'll call bullshit right now and there are big companies out there and I'll say bullshit all day bullshit bullshit bullshit
2: I completely agree and I'm in the same position I have a couple scripts that are a hundred lines long I make a copy I open it up I read through it and I change it as I need it
1: yep like I don't think you're doing anything wrong in that context. It's basically just like templatizing what you can do efficiently and you're actually working from an efficiency standpoint. Who who wants to start like their whole like hundred line script over again when you can yeah. just copy and paste what you had and just change a couple things? Uh you might have to debug it a couple times, you know. You you're not going to get everything right the first time, but times. Oh yeah, I've been there. I know what you're That's talking what about. That's what print statements are for, right?
0: Oh, and then yeah, when, you're, just, really, when yes. you're good, you don't, get rid of print statements. Up.
1: And also, it's not production code, right? It's just its just you. Yes. You're the one using it. And as long as yeah. it works, it's cool.
2: Um, so I can think of two things. Number one, you ever read uh, Snow Crash? I
1: don't read anything. Excellent <laughs> <Sorry>. book. <laughs> Including emails.
2: I don't even Got me again. Um, they talk about how most of hacking in the hero protagonist's view is... It's just taking your old code and changing it just a little bit to adapt to a new situation. But I'm also thinking of a, uh, a Star Trek episode, um, Next Generation, where Jordy meets the designer of the starship and is like, you've got all your theories. I'm an actual engineer responsible for getting this thing working on a daily basis. I just do what, I just do what works.
0: Yeah, analyst code. AMS
1: code That's
2: right.
0: <laughs> here, Someone's like, tell me how you like a regular expression the written for like you know an IP address. Yeah, I remember that, but you're like, tell me how to strip off the six first spaces of this line in Python. I'm like, why are you using Python? Just use said and then give it to Python. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. certain things that like so like I'm just thinking about this, you know, this you can do this that. one interview that I was gonna take and like you had to memorize all this stuff. And I was why like, would it, this, Why would why? Yeah, exactly. that's, that's so
1: useless. And they're for paying, an and they're
0: and they're paying their they're paying their quote engineers thirty percent more than their quote analysts to do the same job because they that might be more management. efficient at Python than the next person.
1: <laughs> I Don't have done <laughs> Dylan knows. That's it. that's it. That's ridiculous.
2: But what you're describing isn't necessarily someone who's more efficient. It's someone who knows the theory a little bit better. Um. So, David, you like working with C? You said.
1: I love C. So I'm, uh, I, I basically um, started my career with, uh, with my, my company in, in Central Maryland where I was an embedded developer. And a lot of my time I, I spent in the C world. So uh, coming from college, I did a lot of C++, and I didn't like it. I did Java for a semester of class just to get an easy credit, and that was fine. Um, and uh, I, I really found like... I've really found myself liking just basic C,
2: and,
1: yeah, and using that. Like it's easy. I know what I'm doing. I I understand how to manipulate the data inside of there. There's no funny tricks. There's no pre-built packages yeah. that I have to install for things to work. It's just it's just the compiler problems at this point. It's like oh well, hey, uh, you forgot to do this silly thing that you know you could segfault down the road if you access you know a double pointer the wrong way. It's like oh, uh, don't worry yeah. about that. That's rarely going to happen. <laughs> uh, you know, it happens one time, and you know, everyone gets the C
2: problems. Don't ever have any like security implications or anything.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> These things are fine. Yeah.
0: So one of the as a that's a good you know segue into other things is that one of the things that you mentioned on your list that I have no idea what this means. And this is my ignorance
2: of probably this is my intelligence of internet balkanization internet balkanization okay this is great you
1: are Um, interested in the balkanization of the internet is that correct
2: i am interested in the balkanization of the internet it's happening in front of us um so i'm not getting this data from primary sources this is from books that i'm reading but as i understand it the internet was a It was a project out of universities funded by the military to test packet switching technology. And they built something called the ARPANET, which was a bunch of universities talking to each other over packet switching technology. And then um, Al Gore um, invented the Internet by giving them more money to expand it. Oh, um, did you know that the um, <laughs> first multimedia file shared on the internet was um, a digital music composition by Al Gore?
1: No, I didn't. What was it? <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was just him uh, playing around with the drum, and then they shared it to the Senate as a um, show. I
1: uh, I heard he also saw a Man Bear Pig once.
2: He did, yes. But yeah, from the um, very beginning... Um, the internet has, or Al Gore had a hand in developing the very earliest algorithms for the internet. <laughs> algorithms, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. That was so good. I apologize. Anyways.
1: See, I'm gullible enough. I was with you the whole way. I was like, God damn, Al Gore would do that. He was that guy that was like, oh, I mean, I gotta, it, hey, it, man, and, listen to me beat this and, Wasn't it like
0: 1994 he did like put forward the bill? That's why we all joke about Al Gore starting the internet, like, but it really didn't start he the internet. It, like, it, like
2: he, just, he got them some more federal funding, as I understand it.
1: Ah.
2: Which, in itself, hey. that's a good thing. Thank you, Al Gore, for getting... Thanks, Alfred. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm.
2: um, But anyways, and now this expanded throughout the world, but it's fundamentally community-driven. It's fundamentally um, nonprofit organizations like the ICANN and the IANA and whatnot that are developing the protocols and the systems that maintain this incredible global invention, right? Well, I'm there. The problem is, and let me see if I can get this right. Not all nations feel the same way.
1: Oh, oh, am I, oh! Tell me more.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the U.S. favors a model, so I am told, where government largely stays out of the mechanics of the internet code and allows information to spread globally in a unified network. Whereas regimes like China and Russia um, are concerned about information that reaches their citizens, Uh um, where they would classify information as a weapon and they say that sending unlimited information to their systems is in fact a way of the U.S. um, executing actions against their regimes. So, China and Russia favor a model where states have control over their internet within their borders. Um, An example is the Chinese firewall where the Chinese government puts uh, hard limitations on what users can and cannot access. Um, So what this fundamentally means is that, in my understanding, the internet is becoming more fragmented, where China and Russia and other regimes around the world would like to say, okay, here is our internet, we control it, we tell how it talks to the wider world, whereas, um, regimes that uh, support the U.S. and the U S are, we should have a single global internet where information can run freely and nonprofit volunteers, maintain the infrastructure. And we can also see it in an, an example of internet balkanization, um, in Huawei, where China is a Chinese company. You it mean is... Huawei? <laughs> yes. Which way? Wenwei, why Um, a Chinese corporation is building so much of the infrastructure for 5G, but now you've got five eyes coming out and saying, well, this gives China um, surveillance capabilities. We're not going to allow Huawei technology within our borders. Mm-hmm. And then that's a the further problem because the U.S. has been outsourcing its um, its tech. It's hardware development to China for so long that do does do the Five Eyes and uh, the Western nations even have the capability of building modern equipment without the Chinese supply chain anymore? And I personally don't know, and that's why I wanted to bring it up and ask.
1: I mean, I I think so. I, I think a lot of the the questions that, that you ask are, are valid questions. And I think the the real problem is that um, the allegations that that you know. Huawei steals technology from other companies, you know, particularly like U.S. companies or other um, other providers, and then kind of resells it, repackages it, and undercuts um, undercuts um, infrastructure providers. Is kind of like the big one of the big problems, right? Sure. So you're you're able to do the same thing for cheaper, which is basically the Chinese mo for so long. But um, to get back to your point there, I mean, there's other companies, like if you think about um, in the ICS space, you talked about being in um, like the ICS world. So you have like, you have Siemens and you have Rockwell and you have other companies that can provide these things that aren't Chinese. It's just a matter of getting the, the CEO to open the pocketbook. And, you know, do you want to pay, um, you know, half half as much for twice the service because, you know, China can just governmentally, provide that that same thing on the back end while they have already pulled the data um not uh, not not necessarily the data but but pulled that hardware or those designs and they've just built stuff themselves from you right so what do you do you have to you have to have like there there's a marrying of intel I guess is what I'm saying and and finding the other providers that have been there already it's like um Kyle, do you want to jump in with like any any other like I I just want to like throw a skate out there but so, I mean yeah, yeah, one. Schneider or Schneider, as yeah, some Schneider, people say. Schneider Electric. Right?
0: Yeah, there's I mean, uh, man. You don't have I mean, to go ones, with
1: China, I guess is what we're saying. But like the problem like, is you know, Honeywell. Like, it's just cheap. Right? The it's problem is does the same thing.
0: And there's also the yeah, the, yeah, I mean if yeah, if you go and change your, your uh in you know your Amazon to, you know, different regions of the world and like look, look at the top sold like web cameras, like they're all the same. Like, people just take stuff and, you know, steal it and reuse it and repackage it, right? It's just a thing. It it exists. But also, there's, like, there's just a level of, like, the amount of players in the world. But there's also a level of people that get it and people that are business, right? And and those two people are playing it in the same market space where security plays into effect, right? And uh, I have some, you know, personal experience with this, right? And, you know, but, like, there's certain level people that get it. And like, we've all had bosses along the way that didn't come from that security, that technical background ish, like that cares about security in a sense. And they just don't get it. Right. They yeah. just don't. And they still yeah. go off and do things and, 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 and maybe run businesses and sell companies and all that other stuff, but they just, they just don't get it because at the end of the day, they're just business people who know how to do business things.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, I think I think Dylan's right. He, sure. he brings up Dylan brings up a lot of good points, though, about how like you know th- the way the free speech works in America is different than the way free speech works in China and North Korea and Iran, I mean, right? And they're they're not going to want to open up uh, their. Uh, I mean, they don't. They're not going to want to. This is fact, factually, they they don't open up their yeah. internet to um, the exchange of information that we're you know f- very fortunate to have in the Western world and it's 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 super unfortunate but like we you can't how do you i guess how do you uh make sure that that i do you try to even respect it i don't even know like i don't i don't think that's the right way to live and the right way to tell people how to live but you know that's how they run their country so how do you interconnect and make that all work
0: i mean we we just do i guess i don't you know got, yeah we don't but, there's not, I don't, I think it's a good answer i don't have a good answer dylan do you have an answer
2: I have no good answer. Um, all that I'm concerned about is I see the internet um, fracturing, fragmenting. Um, well, Huawei's a great thing, polarizing example, to, though.
1: I'm, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to cut you in there. But like I, exactly what you're saying. Like I think I think using yeah. Huawei as a as a, a a pivot point here is is pretty important because they're definitely out of any of the telcos or the the big embedded manufacturers, they're one of the bigger ones. That's just like yeah. they have traction for whatever reason. They just have, they have traction in the space I, and they're able to cut deals and they're they're just out there. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think there's a, I mean, if we gotta go like really deep into like our, even, you know, even though we, David and I have a background, but anybody can go really deep into like the whole like foreign espionage realm is like, where do you even draw the line is like, you know, the, is Huawei using American born products, right? you know, is, you know, eventually and we can get to a, a, a place in you know, 50 years from now where like we only use products that are made in the U S at our borders of the internet. But like before that, you still have borders of everything else. Right. And like other products. Yeah. So it's like, how good is your defenses? And it goes back to the, let's call it buzzword as it is your cyber hygiene. Like how well can you detect someone else doing something right? But even then when, how well can you even detect when you're all using the same protocol and there's a vulnerability across that whole protocol scheme, like the IP stack with the Ripple 20 and stuff like that. That affected not just you know Netgear or whoever else. It affected everybody using you know the uh, TCP/IP stack, right? So like yeah,
2: well that's that's what I think is the uh, most fascinating part of this is who wrote the protocols. Al Gore. Al-, Al Gore. I mean, we're Al- talking. I mean, you can sit on the RFCs, re- yeah. request for
0: comments. Like anybody can get on those boards. Those ISO standards. As, they do stuff as like that all the
2: time. Um, yeah, yeah. International organizations like ICANN and the IANA, and what China and Russia are, I, I believe, uh, pushing for is to to take away their um independent status and make them more responsive to the whims of states so that states can decree what information can and can't be shared within their borders. So internet just doesn't just stop at hardware. It could fundamentally spread to software as well. And then we could, I think within the next 50 years, we could very well have a situation where, fuck, I don't know, um organic dna computers in the u.s talk to each other in a different a fundamentally different protocol than the way organic dna computers talk to each other in china and the way they talk to each other in russia
1: Uh uh-huh it's it's possible
2: the the whole thing
1: you're describing reminds me of like i i think this is back when uh there was the the rumor the story caught fire or whatever it was that you know Obama's giving away the internet. Remember, like it's like 2000, it felt like 2016 or something. And it's like I think it was basically like they were moving ICANN out of U.S. oversight or U.S. control was pretty much like the 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 thing that that started all this. I'm not sure what what exactly happened, but I remember there being like a date where it was like, oh yeah, now the U.S. doesn't have control of the internet anymore. Now, what are we going to do? And here we are in 2020 and there's a massive shit storm of everything. We're we're not worried about this
2: anymore. Thanks, Obama. (laughs) Thanks, Obama. They took her gerbs. I I think that, yeah, I I do think I remember hearing about that. I'll
1: have to look into that because I think think this is kind of what you're talking about and I'm not 100% sure because I'd never followed up on any of that sort of thing. Um, mostly because yeah. I don't put stock into like the U.S. not being able to control their own infrastructure, but it's just you know, as you said, it's everybody else wanting to connect in, but not, you know, f- have full purview of everybody else. Let's let's end on a light note. So let's let's transit.
0: At- no, I mean we're we're getting cl- we're at that we're at that we're, hour we're hour, long, but but I, but long. I see this I see this last thing and some some notes Dylan sent over to like talk about, but uh vending machine is that is that an, is, that a, is that a simple shortest story it tell is us, simple, tell us about the vending machine tell us about the vending machine but
2: no um first no. you guys tell me what i what i called it before i called it I said vending machine cyberpunk apocalypse the,
0: right Something like that something the most cyber punk thing i've ever seen it involves midtown building a licensed nurse and a vending machine
1: <laughs> according to the yes. show notes
0: yeah. Yeah. So yes. yeah. Quote or uh, parentheses and parentheses. Yeah. I guess I was, I was just thought it was one thing, but there's multiple things. So yeah.
2: Oh no, no. It, the vending machine itself is the most cyberpunk thing that I've ever seen. Um, ever either of you gentlemen ever been to hack Pittsburgh? No. Yes. Have you um, seen their vending machine? Mm. No. Also no. Okay. Um, So, Hack Pittsburgh, for those that don't know, is a maker space in uh, uptown Pittsburgh, and it is a wonderful place with very friendly and smart and knowledgeable people, and I can't wait to be back there. Um, And inside they've got all manner of wood cutters and 3D printers and electrical, electrical equipment If you want to build some weird shit, that's the place to go. Um, They also have a refreshment area with uh, like a fridge and a stove and some water and beer and a vending machine. And in the vending machine, I believe I remember some candy and soda. But then it gets into nerd things like um, raspberry pies and uh, battery chargers and... uh, Raspberry Pis, battery chargers, RAM, uh, charging cables, inside the vending machine. You yes, can just, just inside can the vending, just, like you can just open it up and put whatever you want in there. Is it like the so, old so school? so quote
1: unquote pause? No, go ahead. You finish and I'll tell mine. Who me? Oh, I just is is it like one of those old school like one sided Coke vending machines like where you just push the button or push like the whole the whole rectangle or is it one of those ones that like goes up? Or oh, the spiral could be a spiral. It's the spiral one. Okay. Just just so I have a better. I'm I'm looking through uh hackpgh.org looking for some pictures of what you're talking about.
2: I don't think they have any pictures.
1: When
0: I was at Facebook and my buddy used to work for Facebook and I was in the London office, they had these vending machines. They're spiral ones where like you used to get your get sticky buns out of, out of. uh All right. and, and then, and you would you would be able to plug in the number and then a, a controller would fall out, you know, or you know a, a power adapter or, or USB cable or whatever.
2: It was did all your red. fancy Facebook machines have transhumanism kits? Have excuse negative, me. Negative Ghost Rider. What, negative. what did you just say? What are all those words? Trans.
1: Trans-
0: Not confirmed for flyover. No. Trans.
2: Transhumanism. They had Kit? kits that contained. Um, magnets, not magnets, RFID chips that you could uh, surgically put inside your body. Yourself? No. Every so often, a licensed oh. nurse came okay. to the place, and you had to—you couldn't open the package because the package was like FDA- Sterilized? Literal, medically sealed. But if you paid like $40 to buy this RFID chip- Wait, wait, $40? Uh, every so often- and put it in your hand.
1: So where's yours?
2: I didn't get one.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, the most cyber- <laughs> liar. <laughs> what hand would you put yours in?
2: <laughs> I put that's it in my right hand. because. Okay, that's scared. fair enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just easier. The most
2: cyberpunk thing that I ever saw, there is an RFID lock on Hack Pittsburgh, and when I showed up there like the second or third time, a woman just waved her hand in front of the lock and opened the door.
1: Nope, 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 nope and cut <laughs> and <laughs> so that's like in in like uh you know i I grew up catholic and, and christian or whatever but like that is what like that the the, that's to do it, that's babe. it man that's like that you get the embedded thing and you're that's like the sign of the beast that's you're done it's over the apocalypse is here
2: yeah well <laughs> that's, it. Couch. Um, that's it
1: that's insane so just wait just just like the little pass through just
2: so wait, does she have it on her front, like here, here? It is in the um, I believe, right here, in the part of your hand, in between the index finger and the thumb.
1: Okay. No,
2: it's soft, no. fleshy area.
1: Damn. You can put that RFID on like a wristband or a watch or a key keychain or something. You didn't have to put it in like your. Like it's hand. a keychain. Well, I I'm, unlock the building.
2: So here a is my for a bar once.
1: hack Pittsburgh. Yeah, see, that's exactly that's all you need. You just got to do that. You got to put it in your body.
2: I yeah, think put that in your body. So I met a transhumanist. I want to say his name was Tim.
1: Wait, whoa, 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 whoa.
2: they called me
0: Tim. What's a what's a transhumanist?
1: It's the person in the cyberpunk world. I think that. Hold on, let me get this right. And I think that they like to, you know, do the 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 USB. Like you want to have a USB in your body somewhere and download your subconscious into the internet.
2: Yeah. Um. As I understand it, transhumanism is the idea that the um, biological form of humanity is not what fundamentally makes us human, and that we can and should um, upgrade our bodies with technology and enhance our abilities, and in doing so, we don't lose our humanity, we in fact enhance our humanity.
1: That's How would you say that
0: about your intramural knee?
1: My knees, my knees jacked and I would take a cyber human knee any day of the week. Yes. That's it that's deep and I don't think I'm ready for that. <laughs> I'm just trying not to die, Dylan. I'm just I, don't want to die. Yes that's basically my everyday life so 20 so
2: to to
0: Before we go down some deep deep rabbit holes of great conversation, I think it's a good stopping point.
1: No, I just want to talk about it more. See, that's, what, that's, well, we, that's we where can. you stop. Yep. That's where you just I'm go, oh, come back later.
2: Well, well, all right. Let's let's let's, and let me just say I met a um, very interesting fellow at the airport named Tim, who um, his local Pittsburgh company was Grindhouse Wetwear. So anyone interested, go check out Tim at Grindhouse Wetwear. That's Grindhouse mm-hmm. Wetwear.
1: Not wetware, sweatwear. Sweatwear is more
2: honest, but wetwear is more idealistic. Oh my
1: gosh! I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. I need another beer. I mean, that's that's a
0: good segue. But Dylan, how people get a hold of you? I have your Twitter handle. Is that cool to put that in the show notes? You Want me to put that in the show notes? Sure. Um, at Dylan Coates yeah we'll put that in the show notes uh i'll add a little blurb on twitter you know follow me on twitter for the uh the uh, old uh show notes highlights everything we touched on and drank and then you know go all the podcasts i think the only place we don't have podcasts right now is google Podcasts. but i'll work on next week it was just more of a pain in the ass of like numerous avenues to jump through because google likes to like i don't know like apple so you're a lot of things where everything else is RSS feed. That's why we have ourselves on Spotify and Apple podcasts and all the other places you can find yeah. RSS Prime. feeds. We're on Prime,
1: give Uncle Jeff a shout out over at Prime. Hashtag Uncle Jeff Bastos did
0: all for the cookies. Maybe he'll
1: give, give me twenty five or something. Um, buy but yourself a uh, beer.
0: You know, if you're listening this far in, the Easter egg, because I just remembered off the top of my head, is that if you listen this far in, Shoot me a DM on Twitter. Maybe even just do it out. No, don't do it out in public because then everybody will do it. But how about I a code that? word?
1: Shoot him a code word. Uh,
0: Rick pickle Rick pickle Rick pickle Rick.
1: Scary pickle Terry. Rick. You guys, you guys start talking about like Scary Terry. <laughs> you guys start talking about uh Rick and Morty, and then Halloween. I just started thinking of Scary Terry. Scary Terry. Scary
2: Terry.
0: He wasn't that, S- that scary. Code word. Just, code word is send me a code word. Scary, scary Terry. Terry was.
2: Scary. We're working on
0: getting some uh, beer glasses. Uh, Dylan, if you heard some of the podcast and you got that far, you will know that you'll be getting a glass as a, a guest on this to say hey, thank you for being on the podcast. So we'll, we'll be sending beer glasses out. But if you're one of the people that send me Scary Terry, aka the first one, maybe maybe one or two. I will send you a beer glass as well to your PO box, to your mom's house, <laughs> aka your roommate's house, and your race car bed, and whatever it may be. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dylan, thanks. Uh, this has been great. I mean, we Dylan, went. Thank you. We went. Yep. We went everywhere and 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 the crazy places. And I appreciate it. It's always great conversations because you never know where everything's going to go. Yep. But this has been a great one. Here we are. Thank you. Happy Thank Halloween, you, everybody. everybody. Yeah, uh, this one will be dropping uh, before Halloween. And then we'll have, yeah, so actually, this will be the, the last podcast before Halloween because the next one we record next week will won't be dropped until after Halloween. So, yeah, yeah. happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, and like how we always like to end it, stay thirsty, peep. An empty beer. Cheers. Cheers.